Order like a champ at Raisin Cane's. With tailgates of hand-battered chicken fingers and cane sauce and jugs of freshly made tea and lemonade, you can guarantee victory for every game day meal. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers, one love. Order online or on our app. I think the the funniest thing of it all, though, is when someone, especially someone who works in entertainment, they end up fucking up work for themselves and then wonder why. I mean, you're talking about drama every single day on social media. What do you expect? Well, well, I will tell you this too. Associated with that, one hundred percent. It's not just that, but like, let's talk about let's talk about risk. Yeah, right from a brand perspective. Yeah, sorry for interrupting you. This is this is probably the best thing. Risk from a brand perspective. If I see you. Mm-hmm. dogging other people and other brands and other things, and I see you as potentially a problem for anything I'm going to do, why am I going to work with you? Exactly. In what world am I going to want to take that shot? That's yeah. risk, right? Yeah. And risk is different. Like, and, and you'd think that in a space, especially like it doesn't matter what it is, because you see it happen all the time. I could have the Kanye conversation with you. I could have anyone who decided to do stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. You know, like they gave him like a good amount of freeway to change his stuff there, but like different story. Like you aired your stuff out on platforms. It's your job. You can have your, look, I'm cool that he, I'm cool in the sense that he is, I'm happy that he aired it out. So we all know what we're looking at, mm-hmm. but no different than I'm happy that Alex Jones airs his stuff out. So I know what I'm looking at. Right. I'm all about free speech in that regard. Cause it shows you who it is, mm-hmm. but, but risk evaluation. Yeah. What's the cost versus the reward? Someone can be outspoken X, Y, and Z, but like, you're not going to work with them or you're going to lose your platform and stuff like that. So I think people in general have to watch that. Yeah. That's what they say. I don't care who it is. Like, I don't care what it is. Like it doesn't matter if you are, you know, a professional skateboarder, like it doesn't make a difference. You have enough room to do things where just don't show the risk. Right. And if you're trying to be bold and make a statement, then understand the consequences of that. The first amendment protects your freedom of speech. It does not protect you from what happens after, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? Exactly. You are allowed to say <laughs> what you want. You are allowed to say what you want. However, yeah. consequence is real. Yeah. Your freedom of speech does not protect you from that, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't. You can't, you're not allowed to compel my speech, right? At all. And you have the freedom of speech, but that doesn't mean I'm free from the consequences of either action. So. Yeah. I, um, I think one thing that's missing greatly with people in general is uh, there's well because of social media, because of the openness of it, especially in the adult space, because of OnlyFans, because of all these things, the mystique isn't there like it used to be. No. You know what I mean? And that's one thing that I really try to, like a lot of the things I post are just like upcoming projects. You know, I, I'll say a few things here and there, but I'm not very vocal about. Like, lots of shirtless photos. Yeah, lots of shirtless lots. photos. Lots. lots of what in I In case look, you guys don't know, he goes to the gym. I do, I do. Are check you out, aware? Check out, out his Instagram. Hey, you know what? That's the only way I, I found out. I get a lot out. of likes on those shirtless yeah, photos. Yeah, dude, have you, have you looked at my Instagram? It's like positive quote me shirtless, positive yeah. quote puppy, positive That's quote my, shirtless. I'm the same way. Positive quote something that came out. Positive quote <laughs> naked person. All right, so we really are we really are related. This is so so. But that's the thing. It's like one thing that I really do is like, look, I'm not the most. I will say I'm not the most vocal about or giving you the 24 hours a day. Like I give credit to those guys, like, you know, the podcasters of the world, you know, um, you know, like, like the Jake Pauls, for example, those guys, they're willing to put their whole life on the, on, on TV, on the podcasting, like whatever, whatever is real, whatever is, is, but they're, pers- they're giving you that. Right. I feel like you look at a guy like you could take Tom Cruise who might, might well be probably one of the most highest paid popular actors of, of a generation. All uh, time. Uh, all time, right? You don't see shit on him. Like, 
Bro, because here's the difference. You got to yeah. understand the fact that it's it's a different animal, right? I think accessibility to people has caused uh, both it's great and it's also a problem. Yeah. If I'm completely accessible, you're completely accessible, then that's what it is. There's no other time in history where there's this much access to celebrity. Yeah. There's no other time in history where there's this much like inroads towards people in any regard, and it is both positive and problematic. Well, the problem to me is that that that, that, that idea of becoming an icon because of this is way less than it ever has yeah, been. Yeah, I mean, look, I think yes and no. I think you're gonna have the traditional stars where for like Miles Teller doesn't have any social media. That kid's gonna be a superstar, right? He already is becoming a superstar. There's people that don't follow the same cases and they're, they're kind of falling with that because they don't want access. Certain people do and certain people don't. I mean, sure, Chris Emsworth has a large social media follower, but that guy's gonna be a superstar, but he still keeps his stuff tight. Yeah, that's what I'm right? saying. And I think that's what's important. that level of tightness and mystique is adding it. If I have access to you, you all the time at some point i'm gonna be like why right like well it's that idea of you have what you want what you can't have and if you can't if you're giving people yourself all the time and you're always accessible like it's almost like eating the same food every single day eventually you want new food well, yeah but i mean i'd say the same thing's true with people and, and again correct me if i'm wrong and please feel free to open hand slap me if i do this incorrectly <laughs> but from my understanding of of only fans in general this is just my understanding of it mm -hmm. you all produce an overabundance of content right like it's a lot of content but there's people that are producing content every single day Day. Oh yeah. yeah, and if those people are producing content, we're not those people. I'm but not, yeah, <laughs> we don't. This is just some conversations we've yeah, had, yeah. like of me understanding. Not no, with you yeah, guys, definitely. But like I, know, in, I, in the space. I personally know some girls or female entertainers that literally shoot every single day two to four to five scenes okay so think about this logically right and do only fans live shows every couple of days so like, think about this logically right okay. yeah just in general yeah I'm assuming at some point they're probably repeating the same things over and over again. I'm again not as familiar with the platform. I've 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 played around when we were working to see if we could do delivery system for for uh for toys. Um, because I was wondering if like it makes sense to sponsor people like that. I think there is a world in which that does happen. However, I think if you're repeatedly beating people over the head every single day, there's some point where you're not gonna wanna watch the same show. Right? It's like I can only watch so like I get obsessed with things and then I'm done. Yeah, yeah. same. Like, yeah, I'm obsessed with, I'll be obsessed with a movie. There's movies I'll never be not obsessed with. By the way, shout out to Trolls 2, the worst best movie ever made. I suggest you all watch it. It's <laughs> so bad, it's 2. good. Not, not, the, not, the, not the DreamWorks one. Like oh, I'm talking okay. about the 1990s shitty one that was oh, made by okay. this Italian where it's like really shitty trolls. You two go watch this tonight and then call me. I swear you'll cry. It's the best movie ever. Cry it's, like laughing? It's so bad, it's good. <laughs> it's so bad, it's good. Anyway, <laughs> but like, I think that's the problem too. I think that's where you're gonna have burnout, right? Mm -hmm. And also, there's a cap to how many people are probably gonna continue to watch at that point, right? I'm assuming, and I don't know, this is probably, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, there's probably a drop-off or spikes in between when people are over-posting with when you're actually having something that's there. I get you could post photos every day. It's a system for that. However, if you're trying to reserve content in general, like if I showed you a Marvel movie every day, would you be over it? If I showed you a DC movie every day, exactly. Star Wars was every day. Yeah. Like they're talking about this in a lot of mainstream is Marvel, like Star Wars fatigue, Marvel, Marvel fatigue. There's too much. Like those were epic events yeah. that you had to watch. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like those are things. And I think, so it comes back to there being too much content. I think there's too much content, but I understand why they're pumping it because you want to bring people in and, and that's what it is. And it makes sense in that way. But it also, I think has a detrimental effect to like the lasting time of an individual fan. So, I mean, I think you'll obviously that like this, the platform, the platform is essentially nascent. It's like a few years old. So we'll see what happens. 
over the course of time and who tailors and who continues to do. And on your point about the Paul brothers, those guys are amazing at what they do. Mm -hmm. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like, I don't care who says anything any day of the week. Those guys, along with Jeff Levin, their manager. No, that guy's the guy, I mean, Jeff Levin, who who I grew up with at ICM is a genius. He understands what he's doing. He gets what he's doing. He's been able to do it. I mean, that guy was smart enough to sign Joel Osteen when he was an assistant. And Joel Osteen is a big mega preacher because he understood what was going to happen. Like he, he, when you have uh, those people helping you grow in the place, what you're doing, their scalability is there. To answer your question, correct. That's not how they are in person. No, I know that. Right? That's a character. It's and a character, continually for sure. a character, and outside of it, they do what they want to do. And, and understanding that is, is what they decided to play. But they're doing it in a fashion where when they start drama, it's purposeful. But also what I want right? to... Well, yeah. this comes back to it. It's purposeful. Uh-huh. Like, that's purposeful drama. They understand. It's a, To use one of Seth's favorite terms, it's a work. It's not a shoot. Yeah, right? it's a work. It's a work. And if you're working the audience, it's different than you actually dropping, you know, a drama bomb on something or especially drama with like well that's example, why conor mcgregor like i mean dude we're like, gonna eat that up well that's the point though but, that he, yeah. but he's a heel yeah yeah. Like, think about the work i mean think about the work like logan paul jumped in the wwe and it was like this is where i was meant to be because he is he is dude, he's, he's meant dude, to be there he's he's he like like look everyone i'll give you a good example of this as far as branding right colby yeah. covington right colby covington is a great version of branding and if you met if you've met colby covington he is not the character he plays whatsoever he's quiet he's shy he's very reserved he's very kind he'll spend time to talk to people all the time he was one of the best ufc fighters and was going to get cut so he thought to himself in his logical mind what's the one thing i can do to drive hype i'm going to become the heel i'm going to become the worst guy i'm going to say the worst shit i'm going to do all the bad stuff i have to do because it's going to raise his profile what happened shot right through the roof conor mcgregor shot right through the roof like, not everyone's Nate Diaz, who's an anomaly in the sport, who everyone just loves because he's Nate Diaz, you know, and he's like the man. He's like heel and fighter. Like, you know, he's just the dude that you love. Yeah. But like, there's people who create those characters. It's no different in any part of the world, right? Like, two people can't be homies, right? Like, Conor McGregor, the one time he turned off the heel character was against Dustin Poirier. What had happened the second fight? He was just like, the next fight, he was like, he was like all angry. He's like, in his wife's DMs and doing all this stuff because, like, he's trying to become that guy again instead of, like, tra- transitioning it. Like, it's all work, but that's worked versus reality of drama. Work drama is awesome. If yeah. people are in on it together and they know it's a <laughs> yeah, game it's or a fight promotion, it is. it is awesome. But here's the thing that really makes it that I'm saying is, like, you have, I feel like there's two ways to do this. You go online, you build a character, and you make it so authentic because me and you, we're sitting here, we're all, we're all sitting here going, the Logan Paul shit, it's a work. But like, there's a majority of his audience that buys into that work. But that's the so point. Fuck, that's what I'm saying. But there are people out there who generally are showing their true colors as pieces of shit all over the fucking thing. Facts. And, and that's the issue. What I'm saying, it's like you have two options. You have Mystique, and you build a brand through Mystique, or you build a brand through a character, heel or good guy, and you build a brand that way. And then it's you called a baby face. Uh, yes, I, I should know this. <laughs> it's called a baby face, but you build the brand from that what that direction, and you have just as much of a shoot up. But there's those two things. The problem is, is the people that are doing it, trying to, they're they're the ones believing the work, and then being like, well, I could do that, and they're really like that, and it's a problem. Yeah, no, but you know if someone's actually like shit, like you do. Like I can <laughs> tell pretty quickly if someone's shit. Like I, yeah, I. By the way, I love everyone. I hate shit people. Yeah, yeah, shit people. Shit people are shit people. Like, there's no redeeming quality to you. You're just that person. By the way, best of luck. 
Enjoy your life. Yeah. I've, I don't want anything That's to do off. with it. But like I said, it all comes down to that. And but a majority of the drama you see, especially in any space, when people start doing it, it ain't it ain't a work. It ain't a character. Like people are doing that. Like yeah. and, it's, and that's a problem for the brand. Like I'd ask you this: what percentage of people in your space, because it's not information I know, have lost jobs based off drama they put on the internet or stuff they've said? A nice chunk of them. A nice chunk. A lot, yeah. yeah. Do you a think lot. it has taken advantage of people that would have been successful and done the exact same thing? Right. Yeah, no, there are there are, there are a few people I can name, male and female performers. Well, that, don't name them. No, I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to do that. But uh, I don't, uh, but I will say that I can see like when they first got in, like this person doing this thing correctly would be a fucking powerhouse, and they just destroy their own. Man, shit. I'll give you a really good statement that I will tell everyone every single time, and this mm -hmm. is what my what one of my mentors said to me the entire time, and it always a reminder I stick in my head every single day. You're going to be successful as long as you don't get in your own way. Oh, yeah. You're the only one that's going to stop you from being successful is you. And if you make a decision to do that, like, look, there were times in my younger life, we've all talked about this, where I was out of control. Mm -hmm. Not out of control in an unsafe fashion, but I, like, it is not, like, I was partying too hard. I was out all night. Like, I didn't care. I'd drink in the middle of the day. But that was also part of the culture I grew up in, right? Yeah. Like, that was the culture of the agency world of, like, back in the day when that still happened. And it's it's kind of died out now. Like, my generation has kind of moved up and everyone's grown up earlier than everyone else. Mm -hmm. In that sense, like, my friends are running studios. They're, they're running agencies. They're heads of departments. They've changed. But we had our fun at that point. Mm -hmm. Like, but I knew at that point I was my own worst enemy. I literally was like, I was the one stopping myself from my success. And when you make that decision that you want to be successful, all the other stuff, it's not going to matter. Oh, right? right. Like what someone says to you, it doesn't matter. Like, unless someone, like I said, unless it's my biggest pet peeve, which is talking to people you don't know and saying things yeah. you shouldn't. One of my favorite things to do, and this is for anyone listening is just listen to people talk, mm -hmm. listen to them talk. They're yeah. always going to say things they're not supposed to. Oh yeah, for sure. Always. But it's, it's also a big, we, you know, another, another thing is, um, we're in a big world right now of everybody comparing themselves to everybody because of social media. So no one's original or authentic. Yo, here's what I would say. Compare you know? yourself to nobody. Oh, I agree. <laughs> Compare yourself to nobody because everyone's journey and everyone's life is different. Mm -hmm. You should not look. I root for my competition. Same. Right. I want my competition to win. I know it sounds crazy. Not certain competition, but I don't want them <laughs> some, to win. Some of but the, I don't wish yeah. the but viable competition. Yeah. But I said this to someone the other day. And we were talking, this is a traditional talent we were talking about because there's they're my brand versus another brand. And we were having conversations. Like, I want to explore my options. I'm like, good, you should. I'm never going to trash the other brand. I'm just going to tell you that what I do is better. And I know it is. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove that to you. Whether you sign with me or not, it doesn't change my, doesn't change my opinion of you. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to be amazing regardless. But what I will say is, regardless of that, like whatever's best for you. I think everyone wants to do that. Like I... Will never like there's I used to think about this when I was young. It was very detrimental. Like one of my businesses, I was so upset that this person got something and I'm so upset instead of being like, cool, they got the job. Cool. And instead of me fixating on the fact that someone got something I didn't, I have something over here uh -huh. and mm -hmm. I have something over here because every single time you make a conscientious decision to look at what someone else is doing instead of look at what's in front of you, you're going to miss an opportunity. Yeah. And that's what you're everyone with your own focus. Correct. I mean, would you disagree the fact that if, if every single time you didn't get a role or every single time you didn't get something or every time something had happened, you fixate on that, you're missing 110 good things that are right next to you. Mm -hmm. That's what's made me successful. Same outside of the work ethic, outside mm -hmm. of everything else. It's if I don't get something or, or something doesn't work out great. What's the next thing we're doing? What's the next thing to keep doing? How do we make sure that's solidified? How do we change that? And 
everyone in this world has such a issue with comparing. You are not born. You can compare yourself if you're a twin, right? That's the only way you're able to compare yourself with anyone. If you're a twin, if you and I have the same brain power, it's fair. If not, it's not comparable. That's like comparing Michael Jordan to like Joe McGillicuddy, who's a basketball player who's like, you know, six, eight, overweight and in, uh, in Indiana and arguing about his <laughs> circumstances for no reason. They were not born the same way. Yeah. You're not in the same circumstances. Same thing. It's like, oh, I want to be as good as Kobe. Okay. Don't go out and drink. Wake up in the morning. Shoot baskets every single day. Shoot baskets every single night. Focus on every other thing. And then you can compare yourself it to It reminds it. me of a quote. It's like, you're really, it's what people see when, it's the work you're putting when people aren't watching. That Always. People aren't paying attention to. It's the, that's the thing that people don't pay attention to. They don't know what we're doing when the doors are closed or when things are around. What are you really doing when those things happen? And the comparing thing, it, it's, you know, it's very easy to do because social media has been set up that way to compare lives. But the thing about it is, is being able to go like, you have to stay, like I talked about earlier, like stay in your lane, stay in what you're doing. And like everything you just said, I just reiterate that it's, it's the facts. It's like, you can't compare. It's impossible to, because everybody's situation is different. Everyone's journey is different. Just like you said. Yo, perception is reality. Social media is the perception that someone wants to put out there. It's yeah. not reality. It yeah. never has been. People's never. lives like, look, I, you, you guys have spent enough time with me. You know, I'm as transparent as it gets. Like you're, yeah. you're, you, you get what you see. There's no ifs, yeah. ands, or buts. I don't care if you like me. I don't care if you don't like me. I'm not talking about you guys that care if you like me. But in yeah. general, on the other side, that's not on me. That's on you to decide. Yeah. And I think a lot of people like are so fixated on that like button and are so fixated on all this stuff. Now, it's different if you're fixated on the like button from a traffic perspective and you're looking at it economically from a business perspective, all about that. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking at it, that's your validation. Your validation should be you looking at the mirror and saying, I'm happy. Yeah. Like that's all that matters. Cause like, and here's the other thing you're hundred percent right. It's what people don't see you do. You guys spend enough time around me. Like when I, even when I go to dinner with you, what the fuck am I doing the entire time when we're at dinner or any, anything we do? Well, I don't even have to know. The only reason I know is what you're not doing because you don't sleep. That's correct. So how are you not doing the work? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so it's like, yes, I didn't sleep. So, cause I've been working you, I know yeah. you have that same ethic. And that's kind of like, I think as friends, what attracted me most to you was like, oh my God, I found a counterpart in my life that just puts that work in when no one else is watching. And that's like a big Always. thing to me, you know, in my life. It's like, you know, she knows how fucking hard I work. She tries to get me to go on vacations. I went on one. You got to go on another one, though. I'm mandating another vacation. Yeah. I will go, too. Awesome. So you have to go. Um, if not, if not, I'll take our wife to. Uh... Is our By wife... the way, please tell them about the. Like, please, please tell them. Uh, just to decide about that. Please tell them about our Halloween costume, which you thought we were okay. crazy for. So they obviously look a lot alike for everybody that's watching on YouTube. But for the audio listeners, they look a lot alike. They're literally like the same size, same build, same hair color everything it's weird and facial and, structure which is even weirder and the same fucking <laughs> laugh which is really weird too like <laughs> like listen to this shit it's so creepy anyway uh, so at the halloween party for uh motley models which is the agency i'm with they dressed in each other's clothing with name tags that said hi my name is with each other's names on it and people literally believed it like <laughs> i think the best one was i was at the testing facility a, a week or two ago and uh no not the testing facility we're actually at a, the expiz nomination event and uh this girl came up to me and she goes thanks remy for the shoes or something along those lines <laughs> and i was like 
I was like, you're welcome, but I think you got the wrong Remy. <laughs> That's my response. It was good. It was good. Or wasn't it your assistant too? Or uh, your assistant had like a friend come over and thought I was I like was confused that Seth was not me. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 interesting. But also it's there's a major, major I mean, I don't know if you want to even say this, but about the uh no. Okay. Not yet. All right. Um, let's let's get more research on that. Yeah. We're, um, <laughs> what I would say is this to anyone that's watching or listening, like it's a true thing. Like if you you gonna either show your cards every day or you're just gonna do the work and surprise people. And not everyone mm -hmm. has to know what's going on. Your friends, yeah, need to know what's going on so they can support you and they can push stuff and they can do it. But I think everyone is so stressed about perception. Now, again, yeah. I can't holler about the adult space because I know there's a lot of like things that have to be done and work wise. Yeah. But if you're actually doing the work and you're actually grinding on it, then just don't show it. Like yeah. you, your work's going to show it. Like I'll go to dinner with them and this is it or anyone. And I'm on my phone a majority of the time. It's not that I'm not paying attention because they both know I can finish a conversation. Multitasking is a crazy skill to have. But I'm not going to stop working. I'll step out of dinner and answer questions. If something needs to be done, you got to do it. Even if you're on vacation, you're like, oh, I'm on the beach or whatever. Like, there are times where I know, like, and this is the thing that people don't get about being an entrepreneur, but you're going to learn it real, you're going to learn it, excuse my language, you're going to learn it real fucking fast. Uh -huh. Like, and you are learning it real fucking yeah. fast. Is that whatever can go wrong will go wrong. Yep. And you have to be able to be there to solve a problem or on call. And there are times where I've had to miss friends weddings and family events and bar mitzvahs and parties and stay mm -hmm. in because that's the decision you make to be an individual who is an entrepreneur or who is building brands or who is building businesses mm -hmm. people don't want to make those sacrifices mm -hmm. right and they decide like oh i'm going to do this that and the other and then feel bad for themselves because they're, they're not getting what they want you don't get what you want you take what you want Damn yep. right. And you have to continue to do that every single day. Like if you're going to build a brand, go build the brand. If you're going to go do something, actually go do it. Yeah. Don't sit there and be like, well, I've got this great concept. Don't no. talk about it. Be about it. It is. But also have people that can help you. Because yeah. I don't know everything. Same. And right. But also know who the people that are. Like I know. Look, am I amazing at a lot of things? Sure. I'll give myself a pat on the back. Am I fucking shit at a lot of things? One thousand mm -hmm. percent. But guess what? I hire good people that are not shit at those things that I know are vetted and trusted so they will get that done so we can expedite a process because no one person can do everything. No. It's not possible. And mm -hmm. I think humility is one of the sexiest things in asking for help. So may I ask for help all the time. Yeah. Everyone doesn't think it. If I don't know something, I'm the first one to call someone. Yeah. I learned this when I, I learned this when I was a baby agent. And I say this to everyone. This comes back to the mentorship conversation we we're having earlier. Also, Seth is extremely impressed that I can stop a conversation and bring it right back around to finish. I'm very impressed. Period yeah. of time. It's kind of strange. His brain is just always it's Elmo brain. Elmo brain. Elmo. 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 Um. So. Uh, so. Should when, we have Elmo sing a little diddle before we get off? We can for sure do it. <laughs> it's got to be something aggressive though. Um, uh, when I was a baby agent, I instead of going to like certain kinds of outside of my mentor, who's like one of my best friends still. Um, I used to go to the older agents, like the old agents, I'm talking like the 70, 68 year olds or people that were older that were just in the office. Cause they've got the roster, they're not doing anything. It's like, they're, they're, no one ever asked them for help. And I would go in their office and ask them to help me with a deal, always, right? I'd always be the first ones. And everyone would be like, why aren't, you, why aren't you trying to pull favor with the head of the department? And I was like, cause you're not thinking about it logically. If a dude that's been in this for 55 years and has seen every single deal and knows everyone and get anyone on the phone, 
my head of department, who's going to pay more attention to me at that moment? The guy who's actually excited to help me grow or the person who has to deal with everyone else's shit all day? Yeah. So I'd always go to the older agents, pull them in and be like, hey, I'm stuck here. Can you help me with this deal? Da, da, da. And they would get on the phone with me and the executive and walk through. There's people that wouldn't call me back my first year. Who was I? Try to label. They call you back eventually. But like I would go in there and, exec and executives that have no business calling me back at that point in my life, I'd be having lunch with with that agent with that person. So it comes down to like, find people in the space that are gonna be there to mentor you. Find people, like reach out. Like I honestly wish that more stars in the business asked you guys for help. Me, Me too. too. And really sat yeah. there and offered it because I know both of you would do it from every perspective. Yeah. How to be smart with your career, how to be smart with, how to be smart with your funds, how to stay, how to stay on the right track. For female you, hygiene. Correct. But also more importantly. Anal prepping. <laughs> I can't speak to that, but I'll, I'll say yes. But what I would say is like, there's so much room for you guys to teach people and that art's been lost. Like I have a lot of mentors. If mm -hmm. I don't know something, I go to them. And I think in the space, you could make a lot of change complete, also including with sobriety, because a lot of these kids, like they've got trauma, they've got other things, they've yeah. got stuff they don't do, and they medicate the same way that, you know, other people do. And it's a way to help them and, and kind of pivot and change that. So they're nope. either too proud to ask for advice or help, or they're discouraged. And they're just like, oh, I'm just going to bother. Yeah, them. it's, it's it, I think generally a lot of times it's a pride thing. And also like, yeah. there's a time period where there's there there are a few uh, there are a few uh, people I've I've helped along the way, but what ends up happening is that the um, the ego gets in the way, their perception on where they're at, and they think they're not patient. So when that what happens is they get they get somewhere and they think they're there, and it, as opposed to think like I'm where I'm at, but I'm not even close to where I need to be. Hundred percent, you know, and that's constantly what I feel like. I'm just I'm still on the ground running. Like there's no. There's no, uh, there's no stoppage for me on like where that level is. Like I don't have a, like, I don't have a, I don't have a ceiling for it. Right. Where some people are like, they're just a lot of people are there. They're like, well, I'm here and this is this. So like an opportunity that was here, but then the same opportunity comes six months ago, they want the opportunity to be, they want to be more catered during that opportunity and more because their pride has gotten in the way and they've gotten to a place where it's like, well, I'm too good for that now. And it's like, that's the part that gets missing where the humility goes away because they already had an inferiority complex from where it started and it makes it difficult. And at the end of the day, that's very common, not just in our workplace, but in a lot of workplaces. And that's why people end up staying stagnant where they're at, or they start to plummet. And, and that's pretty, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I think you're, I think you're right on that. I would also say to anyone who thinks that you need it immediately. I'm a 38 year overnight success. Like, uh, from birth all the way up like I got here and that's what he says everyone wants to be an overnight success no yeah. one understands the amount of work and time and yeah, exactly. struggle like I started working it I started working as a, a fucking baseball umpire at 12 because my dad's like you got to work to learn and I think people don't want to put that work in like being a baseball yeah. umpire and actually spending that time taught me more about what I was doing in life yeah. than anything and people don't want to take the time things take time well, I mean, yeah. I, I give things yeah. just take time for sure. And I, a perfect example in my career, it's like, if you look at things from over the past sobriety years of my career, like uh, from, from, you know, where, what I, what I do career wise, the type of projects I do to, you know, accolades and stuff like that. You look at a performer that's been here from the span of when I got sober to now, they look at me going, well, everything, Seth just uh, does everything. He gets everything. Okay. I'll give you uh, like, I won best actor at AVN. You know how long it took me to win that best actor award at AVN? 12 years. I was working my ass off for 12 years before I stepped on that stage. And the funny thing is there's a perception that it's like, well, that's just where he's at because they weren't here for the whole trip. 
I don't care whether or not because I know I went there and earned, kept earning and earning and earning and working and working and working without feeling resentment that it didn't happen sooner. Yeah, but you're the anomaly in the space at that point because like, I think if you're talking the way you are and saying everyone wants it that way, no one's going to actually have that understanding. I think, I, I say this all the time, like I was born in the wrong generation. Like, yeah, I, think, I think we were all born in the wrong generation because yeah. the, the expectation of immediacy of, of things, it's like comes down to Amazon, right back to what we're talking about. Yeah. Like the immediacy of need, right? Like I want the glasses, they're there overnight adverse to how you stepped away for things. But that's true when it comes to services, not true when it comes to life. I think that everyone's looking for that immediacy and not understanding that, you know, it's exactly the thing I say. What's a rocket do? Go straight up and comes right back down. Right, it goes straight up or it comes right back down. A bullet goes up and it comes down, right? If you shoot it up in the air. A proper career is like a staircase, mm. right? Ebbs and up, flows. It's gonna go up, it's gonna plateau, it's gonna go up and you're gonna keep doing it because a staircase is continuous. You can, you can go as long as you need to in that case, but straight up, straight down, it's a problem. Like you watched a lot of people in the tra in like traditional talent, they burnt out quick exactly the same way. I, I feel like I'm, and again, speak to me if I'm wrong in that, but I think it's the same case when people feel like their ego gets in the way on stuff. It's funny in jujitsu, um, we talk about this all the time is leave your ego at the door. Right? You're going to get humbled every single time, <laughs> every single time. It does not matter. It is mm -hmm. a humbling experience. Martial arts teaches everyone humbling experiences. Yeah. I think if people don't have like outside things that they do to give them some sort of humbling, then it's going to be really hard for their career to do other things. Right. Mm -hmm. And find those things in general, I would say that, you know, you two have earned your spots and not deserve your spots. You've earned them. Yeah. And I think that's a difference in words, right? Like earning something like it's funny. People go, Oh, you deserved that. I hate deserve that. what? Yeah. Like, what did you do to deserve it? <laughs> hey, bro, <laughs> if I truly got what I deserved, I'd be in a whole different place right it's, now. Exactly. <laughs> like, but but you earned I'd be living in a box. <laughs> yeah, you you earned your you earned your spots, right? And I think that's what people miss is the fact of earning, right? It's earning your it's earning that accolade. It's like it was your time when it's your time. There are supremely talented actors that have never won Academy Awards. Yeah. Right? How long did it take Christopher Plummer? One of the most talented actors ever, one of the most known human beings to win an Academy Award. How long what was he? He was like 83? I mean, even maybe you can be looking at DiCaprio. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, DiCaprio has been at it since he was a kid. Same exact boat. You could look at any of them that are in that space. How long did it take them and how long were they doing it? And they won an actual award that time. How long did it take Mickey Rourke or anyone else have been doing it for comebacks and the rest to actually get something that they earned? Right? Mm -hmm. People can say you deserve things. No offense. You don't deserve shit. Exactly. You've yeah. earned it. Yeah. You earn things. Like, now, don't get me wrong. Do I think that evil people sometimes deserve their punishments? Yes. But they also earned them. And they earned they earned them in a fashion that's negative. So that's why I think deserve has a negative connotation. Like, you know, that's why, I mean, I hate to reference him in general, but John Cena says this all the time. He refuses to say deserve. He goes, you earned it. He says it all the time. They will say it all the time. Business-wise, like agent-wise, you've earned that. And it's mm -hmm. a really good mindset to have is like, oh, I deserve this because why? What did you do? Yeah. What did you do? <laughs> did you shoot as many scenes? Did you did you work as hard? And excuse me, I'm just using language. No, yeah, understanding yeah. Of things. makes sense. Did you did you did you did you not sleep? Did you do something different? Did you change it? Like if I didn't work as hard as I do, I wouldn't earn what I do. Mm -hmm. So when everyone comes to my house or says anything or, oh, I'm, oh, this is weird. Do I have that? They miss, they, they look at me like I'm lucky. 
like oh you lucked out much like when you earned my when you earned your best actor award or when you won your best actor award or same thing for you and like you building a brand not understanding the amount of time yeah pain sweat loneliness struggle strife everything that you had to do to get to that spot man i'll tell everyone this story when i left being an agent it was not it was technically by choice and technically not i was going to a different agency and my assistant routed me out that i was leaving because he thought i was gonna get more of a spot now fair play to him mm-hmm. fair play he used it as leverage can't argue that i respect the game i've forgiven him but sometimes in those cases you don't understand you didn't understand that that was also like what did I do to deserve that, right? Yeah. I worked so hard to get to that place. And then right there, it was like, I thought it was over. Now, I could have gone to the other agency the next day, but it was also my wake up call. And that's where I think people miss it too, is that they look at something that's a negative that, that puts you in the position you are now. Now, let me start my business where I'm at, which is me by myself, running social media solo in like 2014 or somewhere, I think it's 2014, running social media in 2014 by myself for, you know, uh, Ashley Benson and, and Vanessa Hudgens and, you know, Ariana Grande and Shawn Mendes and building my company from there and going into brands. But how many hours of no sleep and constant work and hiring and firing employees and learning things that no one's there to teach you? How long mm-hmm. did that take me to get to where I was? So I earned my house. I earned my life. Mm-hmm. That wasn't anything that was like handed to me, mm-hmm. like a lot of people or anything else. And I think everyone um, and maybe people who are in the, the adult talent space can hear this is do the work earn your spot, be kind, be smart, mm-hmm. you know, like ask your people who have been in the business longer. There's a reason why you two are still in the game and still at the top of the game and now directing and producing and creating things because you've earned your spot, mm-hmm. right? You're not some young gun that's coming and being like tomorrow morning that I want to do X, Y, and Z, you know, like someone that I would say, like, I look at it in an interesting fashion and, and I talk, talk, talk to you about this is like talent in general has such an ability to grow mm. has such an ability mm-hmm. to affect change not social political but change in in culture mm-hmm. and change in things and when they make a conscientious decision to not do it and bitch and moan and stay in the same place that's their fault yeah right yeah it's not anyone else's fault but what's even nothing worse changes is, if nothing changes well, correct yeah. what's even worse when they look at people and they say like oh it's your fault i'm not where i'm at how is it my fault <laughs> well it's interesting I'm the one that to me. sleep i'm the one that shot i'm the one that shot i don't know how many hours of footage and and created this and you know went to do this and flew to china overnight mm-hmm. and flew home to make this and like no you don't get to do that but yeah. that's the mentality i feel am i wrong in any regard or no no it's sure. just also like you know there's a lot of people that want to enact change in our business and they say a lot of things that they want to do to enact the change but there's no the, the action has to be there. Like sometimes like saying what you want to do to enact change. It's like, you got to do that. You got to do the things to make the changes. You can't saying it on social media and having a big thing on, Oh, let's, we're going to do this. And this is what we should do. And this is what we could do. Like, there's no action being taken. Like what's the direction. And maybe that action isn't going to happen overnight. Like we talk about, but there's things that you can put in place and continue to do where you're not talking about what the change is going to be. You know what that change needs to be. So you start taking little steps to make those changes and not have to explain your change. And that's the thing that's missing is everybody thinks by going on, going and being loud about the changes that should be made is going to affect the change. No, it's not. It's not going to affect any change. The change has to be made. Also things, there's a lot of, there's a big, a big problem in our industry. I feel like with 
the marketability and taking it personal as opposed to looking at it as business. There's a marketability problem where people go, well, this is what it is. Some things and people and entertainment in general is more marketable than others. And unfortunately, that's where people need to start re-engaging their mind and going, okay, if I'm not marketable here, how do I market myself in this lane? So now I'm completely marketable here. Everybody's like, wants to be the market here. They're like, well, I want that market. Well, you're not that market. And to understand what your market is and like it factor, it's a big thing. It's a big proponent of things, right? You have to have that factor to some degree in some area to then enact, to be able to be that creation of what you want. I would explain it like Jean-Claude Van Damme's never going to be Denzel Washington. Exactly. So at the end of the day, it's, it's (laughs) being able to put it, but there's a delusion. There's a huge delusion though. Like one's a French kicks bosser, the other's the one of the best actors of all time. Yeah. They're just different animals. But that's what I mean. Well, you're a- gonna watch a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. I'm also gonna watch every single character version or vertical that Denzel's gonna do because mm-hmm. he's one of the most talented human beings exactly. in the world. There's mm-hmm. just different levels to but it. But it's being able to humble yourself enough to be like, hey, this is where I can thrive and understand how to thrive and still make your own lane for things. And that's, I think, a part of people that just, they need that mentorship to understand that and be able to be honest with themselves. Well, I think there's a couple of things you said that was interesting. We'll harken back to two. The first, in, in this part of the conversation, not in the entire conversation, because you've said a lot of interesting things, so I want to preface that. Because <laughs> I don't want that being taken as a soundbite. Um, number one, when it comes to change, um, correct. People like to talk, right? They're going to sign petitions, and they're going to bitch and moan. And you both know this. When our dear Jewish brothers and sisters were being abused in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. what was the option? I can post on social media or did I strap a bulletproof vest on and walk them to and from synagogue for the last year and a half? Exactly. There's a difference. You're either going to actually do it or you're going to bitch and moan and make noise. Right. That's the first part. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the change has to come in for people. When people want to make meaningful change, they actually do it. They just do. Like you just start doing it. It's not like waiting. Like. Good example, and, and unfortunately, just because of the violence and the crime in, in the space right now, but myself and Eddie Arizola, Eddie owns Lobos Boxing Club. Shout out to Lobos Boxing Club. It's my fight, one of my fight teams. They're awesome. Eddie Eddie works for the program, which is temporarily on hold until summertime again, but we go down to Compton and we on Friday night, and they the kids are showing a movie, but we teach them how to box, right? And they build a center for them too, so it keeps them off the streets. Like That's, that's a tangible great. change, right? Going to the LA mission and helping and feeding the homeless, not just donating money. Like there's stuff you can do to affect change if you mm-hmm. actually want to. Mm-hmm. But talking about and posting on social media and being vocal about like, I'm so angry that this is happening. Okay, what are you doing? Yeah. Like what are you doing? What are you doing to what are you doing to be a light or do anything to affect any vertical of change? Nothing. Yeah. Except talking. That's the first part. Yeah, complaining isn't gonna change anything. Well, also people <laughs> operate out of fear. Um, people everyone I mean, in general, humans are humans are afraid. Um, yeah. I mean, but they're also afraid for different reasons. I think like when you're a kid, you're not afraid until you're instructed under a social construct to be afraid. Exactly. You know, and that's things that you're taught too. like, not everyone is built. And I, I say this not in a humble fashion. It's just a fact. Like not everyone's built like me and my homies. We're just mm-hmm. not like, do you like you run into, I run into a fire. I don't run away. Cause I'm not thinking about myself and thinking about the people in trouble. Yeah. And it's a selflessness that generates that you're going to have no fear if you care. Right. You'll have zero fear if you actually care. But if you can't look in the mirror and actually like understand that you, you it comes back to a larger concept, which again, maybe is a little more healing, but like you have to love yourself. If yeah. You don't love yourself. You're going to be afraid because you're yeah. just trying to survive at that point. Right. 
But if you love yourself, you're going to do things that you have. You There's no end to do, right? Like the reason why I can go help people is because I learned how to put my oxygen mask on first. Yeah. A great reference. That oh, yeah. Everyone. Talk about that. And you got to put your you got to put your oxygen mask on first always before you can help anyone else. That's and what I think they say on the that. airplanes. 100 percent. It's actually true. <laughs> yeah. Um, Because you don't want to pass out like. You're, yeah. You're going to. How are you going to help someone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting your mask. Elmo doesn't know how to put mask on. <laughs> um, Elmo can't reach. Elmo can't reach. <laughs> Help me, Hadley. Give me a lift. Um, <laughs> that's the first part. I would say coming back to another aspect of it, when you talk about people in any business, right, in general, just be like, I'm going to try to say this in the most like appropriate, appropriate fashion. Mm-hmm. Be a good teammate, even if you're not on the same team. Mm-hmm. Right, like, if someone needs help and you guys are in competition, help them. Like, it's not the business is so small in general. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like the old days, like where where people used to actually like be aggressive. And I think like a talent side on my side of like people used to do it. Like everyone kind of is more like harmonious, and I think it's helpful. Sure, yeah. there are competition on roles, but they all enjoy each other. Obviously, there's personalities that aren't going to match. I think that if if people knew that you two were actually like and i know you probably say it but you two were actually willing to take like and help people and they didn't reach out you reach out to you and people that you know that you can actually help and i'm not talking about putting them in a directorial debut or anything else like that but actually help them with the structure of how to maintain the business Mm -hmm. like people would be way more successful because like the one thing that bothers me in any space especially in this conversation is the lack of understanding from this younger group of people, whether they're OnlyFans creators or whether they're adult creators or anyone, mm-hmm. no different than people come to me to help them with business all the time. And I'm always happy to help, but your door's open and no one comes. And yeah. that would be extremely frustrating for me because you're watching people like implode and they're not, and you're reaching your hand out and they're not accepting it. Well, to be, to be frank, when they do, they, there's been a lot of occasions where they don't want to do the they, work. they don't want to do the work or they, they come there just to just, they just come there just to bitch. And then you give the suggestion based on experience and they're just like, yeah, you know, and then it just goes, and then you just watch the, the, you watch the explosion you watch it happen because you've seen it so many times. And at the end of the day, that's, that's even sometimes even more discouraging. It's like, number one, I, I took time, you know, you know, I took time to come here and help and make something better. And then there are people that I do see that I've have helped in the past that have, you know, really grown and done something good with it. But it doesn't happen now, like in this time period, like the 20, I'd say the 2020s where it's it's prevalent. Like there's the uh, tons of people that won't take the help, won't even ask for the help. And then there's the people that'll come for the help, but they're not really there for the help. They're there for the clout of you. Yeah, that's kind of aggressive. Yeah, yeah, so it's more like do you do you guys? I've had it? a few girls try and like ask me for help, but really they didn't even want help. They just wanted to like hang out and get photos with me. And oh, so they were doing it for the gram. It's yeah. Cloud. yeah, it's all clouds. So yeah. would you find <laughs> would you find that it's more frustrating that because I used to learn this when I was younger, and my dad was a big proponent of this. Like two things: one is don't come to me if the house is already burnt down. Meaning, like, come to me when there's smoke. Right? Uh-huh. So you can, so if there's a problem, we can actually fix it. Yeah. The second thing, which is my boss used to say, is like, I don't care about you coming to me with a problem. I care about you coming to me with a solution. Oh, I love uh-huh. that. That's the right? truth. Yeah. And it's a real, real thing. So do you think that on two phases in your business that you see a lot of people not doing either of those things? Meaning, like, like I know Seth, if he has a problem, I know both of you guys will come with a solution. Yeah. Because you're, you're at that point. But when, do you, do you think that when people come sit with you, they're just bitching and there's like, and you ask them what's the solution and they just sit there with their, with thousand their percent all the time, all the yeah. time. And you, like you just said, like, 
I've had several people come to me when they're already lit on fire and be like, and then try to justify why they're on fire. Like I'm on fire and I'm like, I, I see you're on fire. You lit yourself on fire. They're like, but I didn't really light the match. And I'm like, you did light the match though. And they're like, no, I'm telling you, I didn't light this fucking match. I'm like, but I saw you light the match. Like I literally visually saw you light this fucking match. And you're, you're, and he's, no, it wasn't me. I'm like, dude, like I don't like, and then I'm at a point where we're like, hey man, good luck. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, it's just one of those things where the accepting responsibility, that's the thing that, you know, we learned in sobriety first mm -hmm. was like, look, don't get me wrong. There was a decade period where I didn't accept responsibility for shit or want to, or I did and didn't care. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh yeah, I suck. That's cool. <laughs> I'm going to go get fucked up now. You know what I mean? There's been that's times. Brutal. There's yeah, been yeah. times in my life, like my last two years of getting high was like, yeah, I'm fucking a drug addict. It was brutal. And I don't care. Like, I'm basically like the South Park episode. <laughs> I'm the South Park. I'm an alcoholic. I guess I'm going to keep drinking. Well, I guess, well, hey, man, I have a, I have a disease. So fuck it. Let's let's go. I mean, it's a disease. You know yeah, what I'm no, saying? I so let's drink By the way, no, I, I, I know you're in character on that point, but you almost caught me like, <laughs> in real life. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm aware. It's no, but that's, but, that, but that's the thing. It's like, you know, uh, when I've been, I've done every. I've done everything the wrong way and I've done, I've tried to do everything the right way and I continue to and I still make mistakes. And having that mindset is very rare, man, because no one, they don't know, they don't, sometimes, and look, this is life and this is what it is. Some people hit a bottom and it's not far enough. That's an interesting quote. Never heard that. You know what I mean? It's not far enough. They got to keep going until they finally hit that spot. And sometimes it takes grave. more than it mm -hmm. takes others. And and unfortunately, you only can do so much in those moments. There's been people I've tried to help and, you know, at the end of the day, they're not ready to hear it. And, and, and what happens is there was an earlier part of my time when I was sober, and this is based on sobriety, adult and everything, where you got to get, you get to a point because I would take that on empathetically. But then I realized that's selfish too, because yeah. it's not about me. Right. So it's not about me. It's about them. And I can't take it personally if they don't choose to to take this and run with it. But after a while, it does get discouraging because it's like, OK, cool. I'm going to put my time in here again. Oh, shit. OK, I got it. But now I know when to step back and be like, you know what? You're not taking this time and, and actually learning from it and even vice versa. There's people that I if I know that I'm learning from another person, I'm going to make sure that they know that their time is valued by yeah. me. You know, that's the thing what's important, you know, so I feel that it's a mix of all of that. Yeah. I mean, look, I agree. I think it's got to be in a lot of ways extremely frustrating because you've seen other people for both of you guys like watch them, you know, and you especially on your fifth year anniversary. I think your level of clarity on stuff, especially both of you, like especially coming around your birthday. My understanding, my cousin's been sober for like 30 plus years. Oh, wow. so we always said like, it's interesting. Um, but do you think like you guys are both at a point where like you, you're willing to be a sponsor and actually like do it towards people that are there? Is that something that well, like, that's already occurred. Oh, yeah. well then they you know, go. Already, yeah. already do that. Um, that's awesome. but yeah, they said, I, I remember when I, when I got my five years and someone said, your head's finally going to pop out of your ass. That was what they told me. Uh, yeah. It's in the program. <laughs> After, you know, once you're five years old, you're considered not a newcomer anymore. It's really well, weird. Well, I, I think that's one it's, per people way, but yeah. it's like from a scientific level, they say that, you know, when you've cleared your mind from all substances for five years is finally when your brain is like had a, a full, the full net, fully amount of healing from the damage. All the, all the drugs are, you like know, all the coating of the so Xanax and the Coke and I'm yeah, <laughs> everything is just, yeah, it's just, it's just basically, it's, it, it's all shoveled off my yeah, brain. So now you're like, you're, you're, it's where, so you can actually like really dive in. So now 
Do you, you just feel do like some a, more lines on the I table? I want to ask you a question <laughs> about this too. Do you feel like like more because it's such a big accomplishment? Like because some people don't even ever make it like past like thirty yeah. days. Some people don't make it past five I know. days. Sad. Yeah. You know? Do you feel like you're seeing things differently and you're able to kind of like be more thankful for things? Definitely. And it's like a much different version of like clarity in life for you. Definitely, for sure. Uh, clarity on a lot of things and. Going back to speaking of, you know, being thankful, like, you know, Seth's the same way, but we both grew up, you know, we didn't have anything. Like, I grew up, like, dirt poor country in Michigan, like, middle of nowhere, like, literally middle of nowhere. <laughs> and I'm literally thankful for every little thing. One dollar is, like, a lot of money. I mean, it really is because it adds up. But also, too, it's like when you grow up with nothing and – you're able to live, you know, in an expensive apartment in Los Angeles, California and ha drive a brand new Jeep and, you know, live a beautiful life. I'm thankful for all of it. It's it's definitely it's a blessing. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. It's definitely nowhere where I thought I was going to be ever. You know what I mean? I didn't uh, five years ago. I dreamt of where I am today. Like when I was fucked up, I wanted to be where I am today or even further and like. I just never thought I was actually going to get there because I didn't, I didn't care. I just wanted to party. I just wanted to be high and not feel anything. Do you think that level of disassociation, like you've worked through the trauma a lot or um, do you feel like you have For the most go? part, yeah. Um, we both did neurofeedback therapy. I'm very mm -hmm. open. Um, yeah, I, that shit changed my life. Yeah, so neurofeedback definitely helped a lot because um, I've been through a lot of different um, abuse in my life, so it took away my PTSD, so... Um, that was life changing for me. Um, also too, like it's helped with anxiety levels. It's lightened it up a little bit. Like my anxiety used to be like crippling, but you know, every day is different. Like there's some days I wake up and I feel like really, really depressed and I try to do everything I can to like get out of it. Um, and some days, you know, are darker than others, but I'm never the type of person that's going to go on social media and be like, Hey. I'm depressed as fuck today. Like, woe is me. Um, I just look for the solution of like, what can I do to get out of this? And whether that be- you do, I'll call you in my Elmo voice. It has a habit yeah. of working. Oh, that would definitely I, take me out of it. I need to add to that. <laughs> my voice is so worn after, after- After singing an entire five-minute song. five-minute song is Elmo. <laughs> well, I think, I think the one thing about sobriety that you learn when you get, when you- get abstinent because there's two different there's a difference there's a difference between abstinence and sobriety it's totally different and i think people don't understand that and i think that's where the misconception comes in i have an addict i have an addict brain like my brain is an addict brain so i can make addictive decisions that are bad for me without Sober. being high yeah. without being drunk you know what i mean and there are tools in place and whether that's a program or a therapy therapist that has some type of you know uh, experience and understanding of addiction that can help people with that. And the issue is, is that people constantly think based on not using and drinking, that's what's going to help you. It's learning to know that the shit that's going on in your head is most of the time just your addictive brain giving you like, it's like, it's not you. Like 
it's not any type of schizo thing, but it's more like your 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 conditioning that you've been conditioned for so long to think a certain way, which is alcoholically, addictively, whatever, however you want to phrase it, is the thing that we're trying to quiet. So what happens is, is if you're not doing the work around this stuff, this addiction, this addictive thinking, then what happens is that voice in your head gets louder. And when it gets louder, there's nowhere to turn so people get used again because yeah. that's that's the thing that's the problem and that's where the work comes in. So just not drinking and distracting yourself because that's what a lot of people do. They get they dry out, they get abstinent, and they distract themselves. They'll do something that is distracting enough and they'll do that thing addictively enough to where they're not thinking of what's going on with them. And it's finding a way to get uncomfortable and be comfortable being uncomfortable with what's going on with you and being open and honest and being able to be vulnerable with people that you trust. So you're essentially seeking discomfort, which is what you Yeah, that's what we've yeah. been doing for many years. So yeah. and being okay and being like to the point where I am so comfortable being uncomfortable at this point. I mean almost it's it's ridiculous. Join the club, man. Um it's <laughs> don't, just, just it, don't put anything in my butt. Me neither. Yeah, no. Uncomfortable. That's a really That's a great way to wrap to up do. our conversation. Be, what we're done? be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. My next guest is going to be here shortly. So That's rude. I know. Hammer's pissed. Yeah. Hammer's <laughs> pissed. Hammer's pissed. Shatter the heart <laughs> and you're all too late. That's, that's Seth. That's you funny. give love no, you, a bad name. You just sound like a... That does not sound like Elmo. You sound I don't know. Like it's a, someone else. You sound like a country... I'll, do, I'll, I'll come back and I'll do, I'll do a full <laughs> Elmo rendition for you. Well, thank you for having me. And yeah, having me thank again. you. Um, if you guys could, share where people can find you and anything else that you'd like to plug. Um, I'd like to plug Feels. Feels by Kenzie. Feels by Kenzie. It's, a, it's, a, it's a great, uh, it's a great product. Yeah. Um, you can find me at Remy.Franklin on Instagram. I have a lot of products, so probably too many to list. Um, but you can also just find me hanging out with these two on a regular basis. <laughs> you can find me at Twitter That's Seth Gamble Triple X, Instagram Seth Gamble PS. Seth uh, Gamble you can find all my recent <laughs> directorial work and uh, most of the work I'm most proud of on Wicked.com currently. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it is a it is an adult film site Ooh. that is based on stylized and storyline content ah. that I feel is above the rest. Ooh. I don't think Jesus would appreciate that. Through Christ, all Jew. things are possible. So, oh wait, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> and um, also you can catch me on, uh, you know, networks like adulttime.com. Can we catch you outside? And uh, sometimes you can catch me outside, but I'm not outside a lot. I try to, st I try to keep that mystique as we talked about earlier. Yeah. But uh, and also you can catch me at the AVN Award Convention Show from January fourth to January seventh. I'll be walking around with a thong on, and you can catch me at the Xbiz Convention. What the X Three Expo? If he <laughs> walks around, around with a thong, if he walks around, oh, with you a caught thong. that part? Yeah, no, I'm not okay. walking around with you. Yeah, then. No. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. You can also catch me at the X Three Expo. <laughs> like, I don't know who the fuck this guy. Literally is. a week later, which I will be at both, and I'll be happy to say hi and talk to anybody that wants to talk. And do you have a specific place you're gonna be? No, I'm going to be moving. Maybe he'll be at the Feels by Kenzie spot. Who knows? If there's a spot, I will be there. Um, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks. Thank you guys so much. Be sure to follow both of them. Do you have a like uh, any type of links for any of your products? Yeah, that you'd like to share? Um, if you want to get our latest creation, it's Thomas Ashbourne. It's thomasashbourne.com. You can get it there. Also, uh, I'd say that one's more entertaining, but I'm not going to actually scratch that because that's alcohol, so I probably shouldn't require that on the podcast, No, you can. No, okay. that's totally yeah, fine. So it's thomasashbourne.com. Yeah. <laughs> Betty Drink Cocktails, fantastic. Um, Prevayrevo.com for your for your sunglasses. I go on for an hour, but uh, 
My company is called Light Switch Digital. If you'd like to check it out, there's a nice little video of some of our work on our, our page. So. Awesome. Sounds good. All right, guys, be sure to check it out, and I'll see you next time on the next episode of The Sauce. Bye. It's game day at Raising Pains. If you want to order like a champ, it's action off the field you need to focus on. The only play you're running is chicken. So what combo are you picking? Make it a perfect season. We've got tailgates of hand-battered, cooked-to-order chicken fingers and cane sauce and jugs of freshly made tea and lemonade. All available to order online or on our app. Touchdown! This season is about to be unbeatable. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, one love. <laughs>